Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Cag oh, Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to my Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your co-host, Sean. Um, I, you guys will notice that uh, Susie is missing again this week. She is still kind of recovering from her shoulder surgery. She's doing good, um, but uh, wasn't quite feeling up to it tonight, so I figured I'd give her another week to uh, heal up and, and get back. But she should be back next week. Um, she was talking to me a little bit about uh, a guest that she had in mind that I'm super excited about. So um, you guys can look forward to that. A little bit of housekeeping. We have, uh, we're coming up on the end of the August Noobs Tournament. Uh, so I wanted to give a quick recap. It's not quite official yet. It'll be uh, official tomorrow. Uh, but as of right now, Jacob Constant is in the lead with 90.75 inches. Uh, Miss Regina Jones is in second place right behind him with uh, 88 inches. I am in third place with 78 and a half inches, but of course, mine, uh, my, mine doesn't count. So um, Andrew Watson is in fourth right now with 72 and a half inches. So if uh, things hold that way, that'll be your top three. 
Um, but we'll see. There's always a little bit of room tomorrow uh, to make some moves. So uh, if you're up there and uh, want to try and get out tomorrow and catch a few four fish before the end of the tournament, uh, make sure you do that and get them submitted. Um, and uh, But we'll see where, how things end up next uh, for the end of August. And then uh, for those of you guys, by the time this comes out, it'll be too late to enter. But hopefully uh, most of you guys uh, who want to get in on the September tournament will do so. Um, uh, we, I think when I signed up, uh, we had 13, um, but we're still looking for more there as well. Usually we add on a couple more. I think Saturday the 3rd is the uh, final date to get on for that. But uh, if you're listening to this, it'll probably be too late. So hopefully you're out there signing up now. But um, anyway, we're looking forward to September. That will be the last uh, Noobs tournament for this year. So after that, um, in October, we will look to have our kind of championship where we take the winners of each month. Uh, this year and put them together along with the person who won in 2022 and see who comes out on top. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, thank you guys for your participation in the new tournaments again this year. We're super excited uh, that we had a lot of participation participation again. So um, that pretty much covers all the housekeeping that I got to do. So I'm super excited to get to tonight's guest. Um, I'm relatively new uh, as a fan of his. Uh, I, um, had been doing some YouTube and I uh, searching uh, for some technique specific stuff. And I stumbled across his page and I tell you what, uh, I have not kind of stopped watching. Uh, he has a lot of great content out there, but we'll get to that. So uh, without any further ado, I want to bring in and welcome Mr. Matt Stefan to the show. Is it Stefan or Stefan? It's uh, it's Stefan. But you Stephen, call me, Matt Stefan. You call me whatever you want to call me. It's uh <laughs> well I'm going to stick with Matt. So <laughs> I feel like it's uh I it's been a battle my entire life. Uh so I, I probably should just switch it to Stefan, but uh it is Stefan. Okay, okay. Well, now that I know that I will not mess that up again, I promise. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, uh thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um again, uh I have uh become a super fan in a short amount of time. Uh, I don't know how many videos I've watched of yours in the past, probably two weeks, but it is a lot. So, um, well, thank you. For the I folks, that. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, for the folks that uh, aren't familiar with you, do you want to just let them know who you are, where you're from, and uh, we'll kind of get a little bit of your background story, how you got into fishing and what brought you to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a long story to get to where I am today, but uh, basically I grew up in Chicago I uh, moved from Chicago up to central Wisconsin. I live in the Stevens Point area of Wisconsin. Uh, I, I worked a corporate job for 12 years. And while I was working that corporate job in the financial markets, I was fishing weekend tournaments pretty much every weekend of the summer, probably 25 to 30 events traveling all over the upper Midwest and uh, did did pretty well at it to the point where I worked my way up to uh, getting an invite to go fish some professional level events. So for the past 12 years, I've uh, been fishing the, what used to be the FLW tour now is the major league fishing pro circuit events. Uh, and for the last seven years, I've been a full-time fisherman. So whether that's tournament related, doing some guiding, doing some YouTube, doing a little bit of everything, um, you know, the joke is that I'm a full-time truck driver because I feel like I'm driving everywhere. But <laughs> the reality is, you know, that I've uh, been making a living as a full-time fisherman for the last seven years. Well, that's pretty cool. Anytime you can, you know, kind of live that dream, man, I think that's awesome. So more power to you, man. 
Cool. Yeah, it's it's and, a uh, it's it's a it's a lifestyle that I absolutely love, but it's one of those things that it does take a lot of hard work to be able to make it a full time gig. And I, I know I you know uh, so many times you hear people talk about that how they kind of look up to you or not like oh man you're so lucky but they don't realize the time and and the effort and just kind of the exhausting days on the road and and those kind of things that go along with that lifestyle and that choice so. Um, you know, it, uh, I've talked to enough people who, who, who get to live that out. Um, and they, they definitely let me know that, you know, you know, as much as, you know, it's easy to look from my side in and say, oh man, that must be amazing that there is a lot of, uh, a lot of hard work and energy and, and, uh, long, long days that go into it. So, yeah, it's not, it, you know, I wish it was show up and fish but it's not show up and fish. There's a lot of the marketing aspect to it. There's a lot of the promoting of sponsors. And then, like I said, it, 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 at this point, really, um, you know, to make it as a full-time, just straight tournament fisherman is really a difficult gig. Uh, you got to bring in the additional social media content. Uh, some guys do some guiding, some guys do seminars. There's a lot of different things that kind of fill the role. Uh, but you it's really difficult just to be a tournament fisherman. Now, you know, you got to rely on the sponsors and the other things, the other commitments that come with the sponsorship. So it, you know, as much as you think it's just show up and fish every couple of weeks, the reality is you fish a few tournaments a year, but the rest of the year you're working your tail off for the sponsors or promoting and other, other facets. Right, right. And probably not getting to fish as much as you really want to, I would imagine. I mean, that's yeah, got to cut into your time on the water. <laughs> it's it's funny because, uh, yeah, everyone just assumes you fish every day. And the reality is that, you know, there's I, I do a lot of back end kind of paperwork type stuff just to get me to fish the tournaments that I want to fish. So it's uh, I am I'm not complaining by any means. Believe me, I like I said, I left a corporate gig and uh I, I was not a happy camper during those years of working a corporate job. I, I was thinking about fishing pretty much every <laughs> hour I was working that job. Um, and it, you know, it paid well and it was a great job and the people were great, but the reality is I wanted to be fishing. So I, I devised a plan to uh, make a, a full-time fishing gig out of, you know, the fishing industry and so far so good. It's been, it's been a, a great move, you know, financially it's not been, you know, as good as work in the old job, but it's one of those things where, uh, the older I get, the, the more that I want to pursue happiness versus, you know, kind of those, uh, monetary goals or, um, you know, those types of, of goals in life. So, you know, I'm just a much happier person. I feel more fulfilled at this point. Nice. Nice. That totally makes sense. And, you know, there'll always be trade-offs, but like you said, if you're if you're doing what makes you happy, then at the end of the day, I think you're doing it right. Yep. So, and uh, that that kind of made me wonder uh, how you got into YouTube, or what made you start that, or what you kind of looking to add to um, different uh, things, or you just said, oh, you know what, I'm going to put some con content <laughs> out here and see what happens. You know, Sean, it's it's funny because in uh, in my fishing career, I don't have that many regrets. One of the biggest regrets I have is not starting YouTube earlier. Uh, you know, I've, I've only done it now. It has, it's almost been two years since I've really kind of started it. I've had an account on YouTube where I was watching videos for a while, but really once I started putting effort into making content, it's been about two years. 
And I did it really because my primary sponsor, Bridgeford Foods, uh, really stepped up, you know, and said, hey, guys, you know, we to the all the there's seven, I think seven or eight of us on the Bridgeford fishing team. And they said that they wanted us to make YouTube related content. And that, that didn't necessarily have to be on YouTube, but they were looking for videos. And, uh, you know, Bridgeford is a huge part of my career. So I wanted to uh, step up to the plate and do what I could to, to satisfy their needs. And I didn't expect it to go as well as it's gone by any means. You know, I had I set some goals that I surpassed really quick in the YouTube world. Uh, for myself. And, you know, it's not that the channel is huge, but it's become a very big part of my career uh, where it's done a very good job at helping build my personal brand. And at the same time, it's just allowed me to reach people that I hadn't been able to reach through the tournament world. So therefore, you know, I just feel like I'm able to reach a lot more people, represent my sponsors well. And really what I've found is that I truly enjoy doing it. Like, you know, I've got two little boys now. I've got a, a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and I I love to teach them fishing. And I kind of feel like that's I get the same feeling in a weird way doing my YouTube channel. Like I I want to help people enjoy the sport that I love, and because of that, it's just it's very rewarding for me. And I did not expect that when I set out to do it, but at this point, it's something that I I truly love. I mean, I. I put out a, a fishing tip a day is basically what it is. And um, it, it's, it's, it's gone very well. I enjoy it. I know I was going to, I was just thinking about um, the amount of content too. Um, and like you said, you, you're pretty much post daily and that in and of itself takes a lot of work um, just to take the time to, you know, record and have content to, to put yeah. out there daily. And um but I, I really wanted to just compliment and echo what you're saying. I mean, you can tell that you're kind of a natural teacher because, um, you know, there are a lot of YouTube channels about fishing out there, um, but not uh, a lot that genuinely show you exactly what you're doing or how to do things. And that's what I mean, that's why I got into doing this show is uh, as much to learn, um, but also to then share the knowledge that I've gained. Uh, and help get people into the sport and, and, and teach them the thing that I love and, you know, what gives me a ton of joy. And, and then to, to see people kind of, you know, learn from me as well. I, I know exactly what you're talking about and how that feels. And, and um, so I just wanted to, you know, say that really comes through, I think, in your videos. And that's what really, uh, as soon as I watched the first one, um, it's what drew me to it. And, and uh, I was like, oh, dude, I have to have this guy on the show. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's very, it's very rewarding. It really is. You know, I get a lot of messages from people who are like, you know, oh, I tried that retrieve or I tried that bait or I never knew how to, you know, work a bait in a certain manner or just, you know, I get a lot of random messages and, and people are like, I caught my new personal best or I went out and, you know, I fished the lake I've never had success on and now I caught, you know, a pile of fish and it's, it, it really is very rewarding. Uh, it's funny though, cause you know, I do get a lot, <laughs> I get a lot of kickback from, uh, some of my tournament buddies and other, you know, professional <laughs> anglers that are like, I told you that secret. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry guys. You know, at this point, at this point, I don't have any secrets on the channel, you know, for years for, you know, like I said, I, I've fished tournaments 
you know, when I graduated school, you know, I'm 42 right now. And I graduated in 2002 and I was, I started fishing tournaments in, in college. It was not through tournament college fishing like we've got now. Uh, I was a little early right. for that, but it, but it was, you know, that's when I started fishing tournaments. And for that first 15 years, you know, or when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, 15 years or so while I was fishing local tournaments in the first part of my professional career, it was, I was so tight lipped. I didn't want to, I didn't want to spill the beans on anything because I felt like every little thing that I knew gave me an advantage over the competition. And the reality is like at this point, you know, like I said, I've been, I've been fishing professional level events for 12 years and I've just been so submersed in this world of fishing that what I've realized is everyone's got their own little secrets. The reality is most people already know those secrets. They just choose not to implement them into their fishing arsenal, or they just don't even know how to do it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it never ceases to amaze me how, you know, you can see somebody go fish a spot and it's like their favorite spot in the world. And then you go fish that spot and never catch a fish off of it. And it's just because everyone's got different approaches, different tactics, and just because a secret of mine is something that I think is valuable means it may not help somebody else catch a fish. But the reality is that, you know, I, I'm not I look back and I kind of chuckle at myself because I was so tight lipped back in the day. And now I, you know, I'm I'm pretty loose lips on all these fishing tactics. But it really is just because I know every video I put out it's probably not helping everyone watching the video. It may only be helping a few, you know, 5% of the people watching the video, but I feel like, you know, when that, you do a video a day that, that adds up, right? So if 5% of the viewers every day are learning something new, then that's helping people catch more fish. Absolutely. And um, I think a what a lot of people take for granted is, you know, that everybody out there who fishes has someone who, will teach them how to, you know, what the cadence is for a jerk bait or, you know, uh, how to get a bait to bounce off the bottom, you know, all these things that, you know, like I never had uh, growing up anybody that really taught me how to fish. Everything I know knew up until I kind of really started, you know, reaching out and trying to, to learn as much as I could was, was self-taught. And, and I did a lot of things way wrong uh, try and, and trying to teach myself how to do it. And it wasn't until, you know, I started kind of getting into tournaments a little bit and, uh, got, got more kind of in, involved in the fishing culture that, um, people would uh, say, Oh, I see you're doing this. And I'd ask them, Oh, okay, well, uh, what am I doing wrong here? You know? And, and, um, so I think that's another reason why people are probably drawn to your content because you really do break it down a little bit. You know, you don't, you don't take for granted that anybody knows, uh, certain things you, you kind of go over from start to finish, you know, the rod you need and, and, um, why you're throwing something on a certain rod, the action, you know, the line, um, what you need to make those techniques work. And, and that I think is, is really what people are kind of 
yearning for and, and don't always get at different places. So, yeah, I, I try to be, you know, I, I come from a pretty similar background. I mean, I didn't come from a big fishing family. I, my, my dad fishes a lot now. My two brothers fish, you know, a few times a year, but, uh, I, I, I'm pretty much self-taught as well. You know, it was when I, I've just always been consumed with it. When I was a kid, you know, I got every Bassmaster fishing facts in Fisherman magazine that was out there and tried to read everything that I could and just gather all the information. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I, uh, I probably approach the channel in the manner that I do. Cause I always try to, I, I always try to just provide my thought process and why I'm doing something. And I know I get some kickback on it where people are like, oh, that's not right. Or I disagree with you. But I feel like as long as I can provide a thought process behind the madness, right, my my logic for doing what I do, it provides at least some some background information. And, you know, it's it's my opinion. I don't ever I, I probably have at some point, but I try not to come across on the channel as this is a finite thing that you have to do. You know, it's very much like, guys, this is something that I've learned. You know, I, I want to learn from you guys, too. It, am I right in saying this? Have you experienced similar issues or similar occurrences? Or is it just, you know, I had this one off instance, but I very rarely try to come across as this is something that you have to take, you know, as a definite yes or a definite no. It's it's. It, it always amuses me when I run into anglers or, you know, people in the fishing industry that have the exact answer for everything. Because the reality <laughs> is we're dealing with little green or brown fish swimming around. And because it's a living creature, we don't, as much as we think we know about them, they can do whatever they want. So, you know, it's, it's, I try not to come across as you have to do it this way. It's simply, hey guys, this is why I do it this way this is my thought process. And if it helps you catch fish, then great. If, if you don't think it'll help you, then don't implement it. it you know, it's, it's really not meant to be a, a yes or no. And it always has kind of bugged me in the fishing industry when people are like, you have to do it this way. If you don't do it this way, you're wrong. And I really try to avoid that because, you know, them little, little fish swimming around too have their own mind and they can make us look like a fool real fast. I was just going to say that the second you think you have it all figured out, those yep. little brown and green fish with the tiny little brain will humble you <laughs> and make you feel like you don't know at all what you're doing. So I could I could go from one day having the best fishing day of my life and then the next day skunk it up and be like, well, no, I thought I had it, but you know what? Back to the drawing board. So if it was that easy, we would call it catching and not fishing. <laughs> you're right. You're right. No. <laughs> But um, um, I was curious, um, I know uh, you've talked on the channel a lot uh, from what I've seen about your retrieve videos really being popular. And um, yeah. I kind of like did just the first one just blow up and you're like, oh, I'm onto something here. Or um, how did that come about? Yeah. I, so the, the first one has really done well. Uh, I mean, I've had a lot of them do well, but the feedback, you know, I've had some not do well. And when I say do well, I'm talking in the view uh, from a viewing standpoint, but the feedback has just been overwhelmingly positive where individuals are asking me for additional baits to do retrieve videos on, but it's, it's really meant to be, uh, 
something that just helps people think out of the box a little bit and recognize that, you know, it's not simply cast and retrieve straight back to the boat. There's, you know, most baits will catch fish if you simply cast and retrieve straight back to the boat. But the reality is that if you can implement uh, changes in your retrieves, changes in the cadence of the retrieve, that you can really increase the number of bites that you get. And, you know, it's not as simple as maybe do this retrieve with a jerk bait. It's, hey, there are lots of different retrieves that work, but what I'm trying to express is the importance of creating erratic motion out of your bait. Because the reality is, like my thought process is, you have fish that either are hungry or not hungry. If they're hungry, they generally are going to bite really quick and no matter what you're doing. The majority of fish, in my opinion, are not in a hungry state of mind. And therefore, if they're not in a hungry state of mind, you have to do something with your retrieves to generate them to strike your bait. And that's generally going to be through some sort of erratic activity, you know, whether that's a, a burn, stop, burn, stop, or retrieve, or whether that's, you know, creating some additional types of jerks in the retrieve. But you're doing something to try to create that uh, that reaction strike out of the fish. Because if they're not hungry, you gotta you got to get their attention somehow. And you almost got to trigger that natural instinct that they have of, oh, there's food getting away. I better eat that. Because you know, if they're not in a hungry state of mind, they're not generally going to eat just because your bait's there. So I, I've, you know, the retrieve videos are geared towards that. They're geared towards, hey, these are ways, you know, whether it's a, a lipless crankbait, whether it's a crankbait, whether it's a Texas rig, a jig. I mean, I, you know, I've done a bunch of them at this point, but it's, hey, these are things you can do with this bait to help you increase those, those number of bites that you're going to get. Right, right. And I know I, I thought it was funny in a couple of your uh, videos, you talk about apologizing for the title of the videos where you say 90% <laughs> of anglers fish this incorrectly. And and did you really get a lot of uh, flag for that? Or uh, I could you see know, where some it, people would take that the wrong way. It's it's so it's it's one of the few things I don't like about YouTube right now is there's so much content out there that you almost have to be a little bit clickbaity to get people to to choose your video over the 3000 other videos that talk about the same thing. Um, so, you know, the title, the titles that I use, I, you know, like you said, are like 90% of people reach, use this bait wrong, whatever the bait is. And then, you know, try these retrieves is what I put after it. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't get that much kickback. You know, one of the things that I I take some pride in with my channel is I try to respond to everybody's comment, which as the channel grows becomes much harder to do. But, you know, so there I get a handful, you know, when I say a handful, probably four or five people out of a hundred comments or whatever, where guys are like, oh, this is straight clickbait titles. And I understand that there might be a little bit of clickbaitiness to it, but I try anytime I use a title like that, I try to back it up with good, solid information. And, you know, the reality is like the, the video series, everyone is asking, a lot of people are asking for that type of video. So I've, I've just used the exact same title. I replaced the bait name, you know, from, from chatterbait to jerkbait. 
And then I take a very similar thumbnail and people really have also expressed that they appreciate that because they know when they see that thumbnail, that it's going to be a retrieve video. So it's, it's almost gotten to the point where it's just a, a series that I've created within my YouTube channel where uh, I just want everyone to know that, Hey, this is one of the retrieve videos that's coming out and, and it's, and it's worked quite well, but yeah, there's been a few people that are like, Oh, this, this title's clickbait. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to create clickbait. Like my goal is not to create clickbait at all, but there's also something to be said for, you know, if you don't, YouTube is one giant algorithm. Right. And I don't, it's spend completely much. algorithm driven. So if yeah, you don't so, play to the algorithm, you're not going to, you're not going to do well. Yeah, you, it's I pretty much. Create, yeah, I could create the best content in the world, but if it's not, if it's not algorithm friendly, it's it's not going to reach anybody. So, you know, my goal is to help people catch fish, and if if that requires me to kind of border on that line of clickbait sometimes, then I'm going to do it because at least in my own perspective, I feel like I'm just getting people to watch the video, but I'm going to do it and help them at the same time. Well, and I think as soon as one person or somebody watches one of those videos, they'll realize that it really isn't about that. It is about totally teaching you, you know, how to how to do that particular technique. So, uh, like you said, if you can get them to start watching, then they'll quickly notice that, you know, what you're about and and that it's not all about that. So, yeah. Um, And I know uh, I don't want to make it sound like that's all your channel is because there's a lot of other content. There's. A lot of I like some of your most popular videos, like the in your rig was, I think, is your top top video right now. And um, yeah, it's, so, it's one of the best. Yeah, it's and so uh, I, so, I'm a tackle tinkerer. I love tackle. I've always loved tackle. I've uh, man, I've I've pretty much made every type of tackle out there. Other, the only thing I haven't done that I can think of is pour my own plastics. I mean, I've made every type of jig out there i've poured every you know type of lead jig head type bait out there i've tied all my own skirts i i do my own airbrushing i build my own rods i mean i, I was do, gonna ask you about that too that, yeah, i've uh, pretty much done everything that's out there uh except for my own plastic so i i love looking at new techniques that have come out i like looking at baits that are cool and unusual and that's a lot of the stuff I do in the channel too. Like if I find something that piques my interest, I love to share it. Like I'll talk about it. I mean, and, and, you know, I've got a couple of bait sponsors. I'm, I'm sponsored by Berkeley. I'm sponsored by dirty jigs. And, you know, between those two companies, they, they kind of cover most baits out there, but right. I, you know, I've, I take it upon myself to, you know, feel like, as long as I'm presenting baits that, you know, are, are good. And, you know, I, I speak freely about it. What I really feel like is it, it gives me more credibility when I talk about my sponsors baits. Cause I truly love dirty jigs baits. I truly love Berkeley baits, but I don't want to just be an infomercial. Like I don't want to just sit here and talk about only Berkeley baits because there are so many cool baits on the market that, that I want to talk about them like and that and you know I I think I'd be a fool if I said that all the fans out there thought that we were professional anglers were only using sponsor baits because that's not the case I mean the reality is we use the baits that we think will give us an advantage over the competition and those are the same baits I talk about on my channel 
Right, right. And then, and again, I, I think that is a very common misconception that, you know, oh, he's sponsored by striking and he only uses striking. And, and, you know, I, as I've talked to more and more professional fishermen, you find out, yeah, you know, I, do I use their products? Well, yeah, I'm not going to probably, uh, most people don't usually represent a product that they don't believe in, hopefully. Uh, no. I, I'm sure it happens occasionally, but for the most part, everybody uses the products that they believe in, but also, um, you know, very rarely are they tied a hundred percent to those products, you know, yeah. I'm, you know, and I, you know, I'm happy to hear that you're kind of the same way there. And I think if you watch your channel, it, it really does speak to that too, because you really do, you know, kind of give a fair shake to pretty much everybody. So, yeah, I, you know, when you, per, when you make a video a day, I've got plenty of opportunity to talk about sponsors, you know, at some point throughout those videos, I'll have lots of opportunities, but it also gives me a lot of opportunities to talk about other cool baits. Like that's, I just, I, I'm a, ta you know, I'm a tackle junkie. As you can <laughs> see. And uh, I want to show my wife that because she always busts on my, my stash. And I was like, you don't even know it's, it's mine is dwarfed in comparison to some of the uh, tackle rooms that I've seen in <laughs> <laughs> it's it's i i consider it like if you're a electrician you've got your tools you know if you're a plumber you've got your tools i'm a fisherman and i've got my tools <laughs> i i tell her that when uh about all the rods i have she's like why do you need 20 <laughs> different rods i'm like well you don't hammer in a finishing nail with a sledgehammer you know so yeah yeah but all right, man. Well, I know uh, one of the things I wanted to kind of pick your brain about, and uh, it, you know, you, you mentioned that you, you did a little guiding and stuff, and obviously through your channel, you kind of uh, brought a lot of instruction. When when you're uh, around new anglers, what are some common things that you see them doing wrong or that uh, I don't know how much uh, correction you do, especially if you're guiding? I know, you know, I I, I think I like my personality would be I want to learn as much from you as I possibly can. But would you have clients that are like, well, I'm going to do it my way. And, you know, you know, the heck with yeah. you. you. You've got you, you get a little bit of everything. Um, you know, one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest issues I think I see across fishing of, of anglers at all levels really is that, you know, there's that. uh there's that idea of the more information I can get from other people, meaning like more waypoints and more spots I can get will make me a better angler. And I, I, I think it definitely can make some people better anglers, but the reality is a lot of times, like I mentioned before, just because you have a spot or a waypoint doesn't make you a better angler. What makes anglers better in my opinion is understanding you know why they caught fish in a certain spot and then being able to replicate that so i've i've also i've always been a very big proponent of anglers kind of figuring it out on their own because if you figure it out on your own you have a much better shot of being able to replicate that down the road somewhere and i do i do a lot of talks with high school anglers a lot of talks with college anglers you know, I get a lot of people in my local area, younger kids that reach out and they're like, I got a tournament on this local lake. Can you give me some spots? And it's like, I can give you spots, but is that making you a better angler? So right. I may, you know, I'll point them in the right direction, but I'm, I'm always very careful to let them know why a spot is good 
because I want them to be able to go do it on their own. Like I, w- I want them to be able to figure out why that spot's good and then replicate that. Because if you, if you don't, you know, it's fishing. You, a spot can be the best spot in the lake one day and the next day or two hours later, it can be void of any fish. And if you don't recognize what's causing that fish movement, you're not, it's, it's not helping you just to have a waypoint. So I, I've always been a very big proponent of anglers kind of trying to figure it out on their own. And it's not just necessarily like baits, you know, oh, what bait should I use? It's a matter of, it's a whole ecosystem. Try to understand, you know, the forage that those fish are feeding on. Try to understand, you know, what type of plant growth they're hanging out around, or is there a certain, um, you know, weather phase that's coming in, that's going to make the fish do things. So it's, it's, it's not as simple as, Hey, just because you've got the secret bait, you're going to catch fish, or just because you've got somebody's best waypoint, you're going to catch fish. It's a matter of trying to take into account all of the different things that are changing throughout the course of the day to make an angler a better fisherman. Like that's, I think that's one thing that I can't stress enough to, you know, all the younger kids that I talk to these days that you got, you you know, if you want to be a good angler, you got to understand why you're catching fish and be able to replicate that in future experiences. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've, you know, I've fished a tournament day somewhere and either caught them really good or did not catch them really good and learned from that experience. And six or seven years later, I run into something where it's like, it it clicks in my head and I'm like, holy cow, this is the same conditions I ran into six years ago when, you know, when I thought I had the winning pattern and I ended up zeroing or whatever it is, but now I know what to do. So I go and do it and I have a good day on the water because I was able to learn from positive and negative experiences previously in my career. So I think it's really, it just, I can't stress it enough. I think it's so important to try to figure it out on your own before trying to go out and just play the information game and, and get, you know, your buddy's best fishing spot. I think that's a great point. And uh, whether it's, um, I know, and you even talk about it a little bit in your videos, I've heard uh, just a few mentions of it. Like uh, when you do catch a fish, um, don't just, you know, be in such a rush to get away, you know, and go back, get back to it. Think about why you caught that fish, where you did, how you did, what movement you were doing, what depth of water you were in, you know, what what made that fish bite at that point in time and then try and repeat it. And if you can repeat it, then you got yourself a pattern and you can kind of work that. And then you can go from there and say, okay, well, now I know what action the fish want. What was the location that I found this fish? And then you look for other locations, repeat that action. And if you, you know, are still catching fish, then you really have that pattern dialed in. And I think that's, that's what uh, makes the difference between, you know, you know, random okay catch anglers who you can catch a fish every now and then to the ones that catch fish consistently uh, all over the place. So, yeah, it's, uh, it really, to the point, like I agree 1000% with what you just said to the point where every time you catch a fish, the next cast should be the exact same cast that you just made to catch that last fish. Like, because so many times fish will be grouped up 
you know, one, two, three, two, three, four, five fish together, but they're hanging out by a stump. And, you know, you catch it, you made a random cast, caught a fish off that stump, and then you just go back to casting and you don't, you don't even recognize where you just caught that fish from. But there's like three more fish sitting by that stump that are willing to bite your bait. So it's, it literally comes down to just uh, replicating what you just did. But you have to be aware of what you just did to be able to replicate it. And that's what's so important. Right. And then when you can take those locations and go around, when you know why fishing a ledge is a good spot to find fish at certain times and certain water flows, you know, and uh, why uh, fishing on the upstream side of a boulder on at, on this time of day or whatever makes a difference, then that's yeah. when you can really start breaking down any body of water that you go to. You know, it's one thing to know the lake or river that you fish regularly, like the back of your hand, where you just fish it so much that you kind of get to know, you know, when to go where. But when you can take that to a brand new body of water and and break it down and actually find fish, it makes you really realize, you know, how far you've come. And and that's been a big part of my learning experience. Uh, I kind of look back now at, at uh, you know, when I was first getting started, I'm, I'm kind of amazed I caught fish at all, to be honest. But that just shows you that even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, you know. Uh, because uh, I, I, I did enough to luckily keep me hooked. So, um, you know, and, and that's another reason why I like uh, really helping people as much as I can, because uh, I think that's why I didn't start fishing for so long, because I've had a few people, uh, uh, when I was younger, a few people take me fishing here or there, and um, it really wasn't an enjoyable experience for me because we didn't catch a lot of fish. And yeah. I made that mistake with my kids at first. I have two daughters. Um, and I was so excited to take them fishing, but I didn't know what I was doing. And then we didn't catch fish and they were bored. Uh, so I, I, I almost killed that before I got started, you know, and, and now I feel like I can take them out and, uh, you know, put them on fish and help them catch fish. And it's, I, I do a lot better with it, but I, I definitely almost burned them out with it, you know, when I first got started. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the big, I've, I stress this a lot on my channels. That's one of the reasons I do the channel is because you know i want i want people to love the sport that i love but part of that you know the unfortunate part is a lot of times that comes down to catching fish you know you can take people out and they can enjoy being on the water and being out but you know if you want them to come back to to fishing they you need to have a good successful day on the water fishing you know that's how i look at it and you know, and, and that doesn't mean much. Sometimes that's only catching one fish. You know, if somebody goes out and they catch one fish, they're happy with it. But, you know, if you, you know, I see the same thing with my two boys when I take them out. You know, the, the last thing I want to do is force them to fish. But I also know that, like, you see the excitement when they catch a fish. And it could just be a bluegill. But they love it so much that, like, that's how important catching fish is to getting people to come back to the sport of fishing. So if I, if I can help a few people help others catch fish, it's just going to help the sport grow. Cause I mean, that's, that's a big part of it right now for like, from a tournament perspective, you know, I, I don't personally feel like the tournament world is a growing area. It's not a growing business and, you know, for it to grow, we need to have a bigger fan base. We need to have more people in the fishing industry. And the reality is, you know, that's, 
selfishly at the same time kind of trying to help the sport grow because i know the more people i can get into the sport the more potential there is for the sport to grow so you know there's a, a lot of different facets to it but it really does come down to um just trying to trying to help people catch some fish because it's it, it, it Dude, you take a little kid fishing and watch them catch a fish and you see that smile on their face and, and it brings me back to like being that little kid. And that's what I love about it. Absolutely. I was just going to say the same thing. It, it it takes me back to that excitement. And I feel like a five-year-old, you know, catching his first fish when I catch a big fish, you know, and and uh, sharing that enthusiasm and seeing somebody else experience that uh, for the first time or the hundredth time, it's still, uh, still, you know, makes me. Uh, glad to be there. So, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, if you were to take someone out fishing, um, what would be, and you weren't going to use live bait, what would be the bait that you would put in their hands that you think uh, mm -hmm. would be, and I know it's it can, it can be, it can vary. Um, like with my daughters, one of the first things I started them with was a Ned Rig because I feel like if you dead stick a Ned Rig, you know, yeah. something's going to pick it up. Um, but I know uh, one of the things I liked about your Ned Rig retrieve video is you talked about a uh, almost like a slow, steady retrieve on a Ned Rig, and that works too. Um, I was surprised yeah. when I, uh, you know, that more people don't do that because I, I, I noticed that when I first started doing a Ned Rig, and it was almost because I was kind of not patient enough dead sticking, I'd be re retrieving it back and I'd catch fish, fish on that retrieve back. And um, was, so... Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the original one of the original ways to fish it that uh, Ned Cady came up with was to fish it more just as a, I guess you'd call it a swim bait at that point, but not to keep it on the bottom. You wanted to slow reel it close to the bottom, but not on it. And it's a it's a great retrieve. You know, to to answer your question, I've got a couple of, of different baits that I've always I would recommend or I use when I'm doing guide trips. Uh, I, I personally think a small swim bait, like a 2.8 or 3.3 is a killer bait in terms of catching fish. And, you know, depending on the lake you're on, that may mean you're catching crappie, perch, you know, bass, whatever. You catch a, a lot of fish on it, but it's a super easy bait to use. You, I mean, you give it to a little kid and say, cast it out and reel it back to the boat. They'll catch fish on it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you if you're fishing some more what i would call like typical largemouth water or maybe you're beating the bank you've got some docks maybe some scattered pads some scattered grass i think a wacky rig is a really tough bait to beat um and then i mean the third bait that i it, this uh, this sounds a little offbeat but one of the things i love to to give kids is a frog like a hollow bodied frog okay and that's okay. The, for a couple for a couple of reasons one if they get bit on it that's about as much excitement as you can get in the bass fishing world. <laughs> but a top water blow up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the second thing really comes down to the weedlessness of it, where you know, kids will take it and they're throwing it into bushes, they're throwing it on top of docks, they're throwing it into trees, and you don't get stuck with it that much. I mean, you can get stuck with it, but the reality is you can throw that thing almost anywhere. So it it gives um you know, like my boy Hank right now, who's six, I mean, it, he, it gives him that kind of that fearlessness in terms of casting it. Cause a lot of times people are really timid to cast a bait where they need to cast it. 
But the reality is if, if he knows or feels really good that it's not going to get stuck, he's winging that thing everywhere and trying to put <laughs> it in that little tiny spot. And I think that makes that over time will make him a much better uh, caster, but it just, it just gives him that confidence that, Hey, I can put this bait where it needs to be. Now, you know, when he gets bit on it, it's a whole nother story. Cause at that point he's a six-year-old trying to pull a fish in on a frog, but uh I, I do think that the frog is a really good bait to get a, a beginner hooked on fishing. That's interesting. I, I don't know that I would have ever guessed that, but uh, hearing you explain it, that makes perfect sense. Um, I know I did. I actually did uh, kind of give my daughters a wacky rig as well, because um, that was one of my first confidence baits as well, because that's kind of uh, relatively easy to use for the most part um, once you explain what to do. And but uh I, I joked with my daughter the first couple of times I took her out. I'm like, now you're not going to catch fish in the trees because we hung a lot of wacky rigs in the trees. Um, Cause I, we were fishing close to the bank and, you know, I was, you know, kind of getting there. I was like, no, you got to get closer to the bank. But I, and, and echoing what you said about not getting stuck. That was one of the things I did wrong for a lot of, uh, when I first got started is I, I didn't like getting snagged. So I would not cast as close yeah. as I needed to. To certain structure because i was afraid of that i, I was like well i don't want to lose my, this brand new crankbait i just tied on so i'm going to just cast over here even though the laydown's over there i'll yeah. get somewhat close to it but um and it wasn't until i kind of got over that fear of losing baits and i think that you know that's a great way to teach somebody that if it give them something that they will you know have better odds of getting back or you know be able to throw into some kind of more nasty stuff and still get it back relatively easy, easily. And that, that would be one of the tips I would give out to new anglers too. And I, I get comments all the time on the YouTube channel about, you know, like on those retrieve videos, guys will be like, well, that all I'm going to do is get stuck with that retrieve on my lake. And I'm like, yeah, it's, they're, they're looking at it as such a negative and I'm looking at it going, that's what you need to be doing. Cause that's where the fish live. So if you're not getting stuck, you're probably not putting your bait in the correct place the majority of the time. And it, you know, I believe me, getting stuck can be frustrating at any level for, you know, any level angler. Uh, but, but the reality is a lot of times you have to be putting your bait, you know, next to that lay down, you know, getting stuck in a brush pile, getting stuck in the rocks, whatever it is, that's where the fish live. And, you know, like I mentioned before about a lot of times you want to create that deflection off of a, an object to create that reaction strike. Well, if you're not, if you're casting out, bringing your bait back and you're not hitting an object, you don't get a deflection on that retrieve. So you're, you're lowering the odds of getting bit on, on each cast. So, you know, the unfortunate part is, yeah, you may have some headaches of getting stuck, but the reality is if you're not getting stuck, you're not probably putting your bait where it needs to be. And, you know, you can, you know, if you're throwing crankbaits out and, you know, you've got a lure retriever, you can probably get back the majority of those crankbaits. It's a pain in the butt, but you can get them all back. And you right. know, it's, it's just one of those things. Again, I think the, the reality is for a lot of, uh, newer anglers or anglers that don't fish that much they the headache of getting stuck deters them from fishing but the reality is there's nothing wrong with getting stuck right that means you're more than likely where you need to be yeah or at least in the ballpark so um but uh, i 
I, I definitely understand because, you know, uh, the first couple of times where I lost a jackhammer and I'm like, oh, man, there goes 15 bucks, you know. <laughs> well, that's I mean, that's uh, but, like throwing throwing a jerk bait up here around my house. So you, you have a twenty five dollar mega bass tied on and you get into a pile of northern pike and you're I was just going to say pike will grab pike. <laughs> yeah, down 100 bucks real fast. Yep. Uh, I, I still remember that probably, I think it was the second or third time I fished a Mega Bass Fusion 110. And uh, I had a, a I, I want to say it was a pike broke me off. And I saw it jump one time and then it was gone. And I'm like, man, that, <laughs> that hurt a little bit. Yeah. But but uh, you know, it it it. I'm like, well, if it bit it, you know, I was doing something right. So, yeah, I mean, that's part of the that's part of the game. You know, that's the unfortunate part about it. But the reality is, they make more baits every day, and uh, some some outings are a little bit more expensive than others. But if you're not, no. you know, if you, if your goal is to catch fish, you probably need to be getting stuck more than you actually are. Right. No, I, I agree with that sentiment 100%. So, um, all right, man. Well, again, we're getting close to an hour. We're at like 50 minutes, but uh, I wanted to give you a chance uh, to kind of give a shout out. I know you do a lot of cool stuff too. Um, how did you get involved with the Fish the Moment, guys? Uh, I know, I, know I, I mean, that's a channel I've watched for a while, um, and I know that they do the lake breakdowns and stuff. Was that something that you were there with? from the beginning or how did you get involved with that? No, that, that, uh, you know, that's kind of through the Bridgeford relationship. Bridgeford, uh, sponsors Randy Blockett and then, uh, they sponsor fish the moment as well. And kind of through that relationship, uh, I was able to be introduced to Johnny Schultz and, you know, we, we have a very good relationship at this point that uh, he is a phenomenal angler. Um, and I've learned a lot from Johnny, but the reality is, I think we clicked quite a bit because he's a really good teacher of the sport. And that's something mm -hmm. that I just enjoy as well. And, you know, that opened up some, some uh, opportunities to be doing things like Lake breakdowns and being on his podcast and just doing a bunch of different things. But yeah, I've, I've uh, we've got a great relationship. There'll probably be a lot more of me coming through on some of his stuff uh, over there, you know, being more involved with the podcast and doing some, some other types of things that are, I don't, I mean, I I'd like to say they'll be rolling out the coming down the pipeline real soon, but it, it may still be a little bit out into the future, but uh, it's just a channel that I, I love working with. And uh, it's, 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 you know, that's one thing about YouTube that I'll say is it's nice to be able to bounce ideas for videos bounce ideas for you know how to help grow the channel all these different things you know it, it really is a uh, it's a lonely world out there right so it's kind of nice to meet other people that are in the same situation to to discuss topics and and just kind of videos and all of that but john johnny's been a great uh, great help to my personal youtube channel and uh I'm looking forward to working with him a lot in the future. Well, I got to say between uh, Johnny, you and Randy, uh, if there's something you don't know about fishing, odds are you're going to find it on <laughs> one of your three channels. Cause you guys all put out uh, both of those guys are guys that I would uh, have been. Uh, I did talk to Randy a little bit about coming on. I never haven't been able to put it, uh, you know, put it together yet to have him on the show. And uh, Johnny's been a little more elusive for me, but uh, you know, 
definitely I would love to have both of them on here at some point. So well, we'll um, see. We'll, we'll keep... see if we can make that happen for you. Awesome. I, I totally appreciate that because, uh, you know, uh, between the three of you, like I said, the, the amount of uh, fish knowledge that you guys have collectively is uh yeah, it's uh, an encyclopedia worth of information. So it's it's funny. We actually uh, we got together. What was it three weeks ago at this point? And uh, it's it's all it's you know Randy's been around in the sport for so long, and I know you know I know he ruffles a lot of feathers, but the reality is he's like one of the most genuine, nice people like in the fishing industry. And, you know, Johnny's, you know, the younger kid, but he's, he kind of comes across as being a lot older than he actually is. Uh, but you, you sit down in a room with those guys and it's like, there's so many fish stories and so many discussions on techniques and strategies and patterns that it's almost to the point where like, you know, I think the, the first night we got together, we, we stayed up way too late (laughs) and it was like it was just like everyone at the end of it had a headache because it's like there's so much information that it was just kind of like over over uh just complete overkill but uh yeah it it is pretty uh i i i both those guys i i really enjoy well cool man well um why don't you let the folks know where they can find you and your content and um i know you also have uh um on your channel, you have uh, the ability to become a, what is, I forget what a Patreon. Is that, is that the word? I uh, No, I've got, well, I've got a members only page, I guess. Members only. That's content. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if people want to come check my channel out, it's just Matt Stefan fishing. Uh, it's the same for Facebook and Instagram and all of that other stuff as well. YouTube is where I put most of my effort and content up. Uh, but it's just given me a good platform to, uh, help build my brand, represent some sponsors, share a bunch of fishing information. And it's, it's a bunch of what I really like to do. If people want to reach out to me in other forms, they can go to, uh, and, and find out more about me and tournament results and look to see what I'm fishing. But, uh, at this point, YouTube is where most of my efforts going. Okay. And, um, I wanted to give you a chance too to shout out sponsors. I know, you mentioned Bridgeford already, and uh, um, uh, oh, go ahead and lay those out too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Bridgeford Foods is my primary sponsor. Uh, I'd recommend that if anyone's looking for a good meat product, which are great to have in the boat because they are, you know, temperature safe and you can kind of store them in your boat for a long period of time if you want. But uh, I always am a big fan of supporting the companies that support the fishing industry and, and Bridgeford foods is a huge supporter of the fishing world and the outdoor world. Uh, so I would check them out for sure. You know, some of my other sponsors are Berkeley, Abu Garcia, uh, striker brands, which is a clothing brand. They make great warm weather, cold weather gear, uh, dirty jigs, Yugo wear who makes waterproof phone cases that float. So that's a huge thing. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Skeeter Boats, Power Pole, TH Marine, Lawrence Electronics, um, Battleborn Batteries. Like, I got, I got a, a pile of companies that I'm sure I forgot <laughs> some. I absolutely love all of them. And uh, all, of the, all of the companies I work with make products that I 100% use and fully believe in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, 
after we're done with the show, um, I'll get a list of those uh, sponsors and we'll include them in the show notes. Um, uh, that way we, cool. we don't miss anybody. But um, thank again, you. man, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, you taking the time to, to come on the show tonight. I think you gave a ton of great info and anything that folks didn't get from this show and still want to find out, go check out your channel because uh, the the amount of information there is 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 great. And and like I said, it's it's really intuitive how to follow it and and you know it, it is easy to find you know once you find one video you can kind of look and and tell just by the thumbnail like you said and and really track down those retreat videos and um i think uh those were like what drew me to you right away so um cool. I, uh for the listeners i definitely want to encourage them to check those out uh, uh, if you're at all curious about different retrieves for different uh techniques because uh um again i think those are really good so well, thanks, Sean. I appreciate you having me on. Anytime, anytime you want to have me on in the future, I'd be more than happy to make it work out. Awesome, man. Maybe we can uh, find some specific uh, technique stuff later on. Um, I'm always yep. kind of, I usually do try and do one technique a show, but this one was kind of like a, just to cover all the bases. But uh, if I ever need to break uh, a one in particular down, maybe I'll uh, look you up. All right. Sounds good to me. All right, man. Well, uh, guys, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with more content. But for now, thanks for checking in where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. You guys have a good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.